allow me to introduce what we want to talk about tonight. It is called Plowing Under Jesus. Plowing Under Jesus. Allow me to begin with us two stories. And I'll talk quietly so that we capture what I'm trying to say. As a teenager, I read a story that changed my life forever. There's a man called John Ellickman. And he was a Sunday school teacher in their local church. And he was a lawyer. And he was in a simple community, leading a simple life in the United States. And he had a beautiful wife, beautiful children. He was enjoying family. He was enjoying his career. Then an opportunity came up that looked the, like the best opportunity in the world. He was told to join the campaign of a certain upcoming governor who was uh, running for president. So he joined. And before he knew it, the man had won elections and he became one of his key advisors. Then the man, typical of all politicians, became a bit dirty along the way. And because of uh, the system goes, the the enkmen, the, 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 the people who surround the big man must take the blame. So before the man knew it, he was in prison. Before he knew it, he had lost his faith. Before he knew it, in the process of all these court battles, he had cheated on his wife, lost his marriage. Before he knew it, he had even lost his health. After years of being in federal prison, he stepped out. And his life was forever destroyed. The second story I want to give you, which is now this time more encouraging, is of a man I really love, a prayer warrior in the same United States. He's called Lou Ingle, the founder of The Call. Some of you know The Call Prayer Movement. Lou was giving a testimony the other day in a conference, and he was saying when he got the, the burden or the mandate to begin that ministry, he was still a young man in his early 20s. He was barely 20, I think. And he knew that this is what God wants with me. But he couldn't go into it for over 27 years. And he was in a local church with a simple pastor, simple present worship. And here he is. He wants to see revival in America and in the whole world. And he wants to go. And the more he tried going, the Lord kept telling him the title of, of my message. Plow under the yoke. And he's trying to step out, you know. You are a young man, you have an international vision, and you find yourself Sunday after Sunday in a local church. And he's like, why can't I go and do this thing? And a voice could still tell him, plow under the yoke. Plow under the yoke meant, do that simple thing you think is stupid. When the time is right, I will reward you. Matthew 11:28 is a uh, common scripture we know of. It is a scripture that says, Come unto me, all of you who are weary, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon me, and learn of me, because I am lowly, and I, 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 I am lowly in heart, and I am meek. Take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Now, to yoke under Jesus, or to plow under Jesus means, Jesus is the leading is the leading ox. Just step a bit. Jesus is the leading your ox or the cow. You know, 
In the West they talk of the ox. With us we talk of the cow. Jesus is the leading cow. And you, you are plowing right behind him. Not apart from him. But to plow under Jesus is deeper than just theology. It involves what I want us to explain briefly this evening. Then we go into a deep time of ministry. To plow under Jesus is to understand one of the names of Jesus. We find in Matthew 11, um, chapter 1, verse 23. The name called Emmanuel. God with us. Not God with me. Meaning, the day you discover him, you also discover his people. And he brings you under the same yoke. And he expects you to sit under that yoke. He expects you not to import friends. He expects you to use the same friends who he has availed around you. He expects you not to import prophets, but to use the same prophets he has given you. He expects you not to import evangelists, but to use the same evangelists he has put within your reach. Emmanuel means God with us. Not God with them. God with us. Jesus as a yoke. What is a yoke? A yoke is the mechanism of work. It is the arrangement of work. It is the structure of work. Jesus as a yoke. But this yoke must be coordinated with the people behind the person who is Jesus. A story is given and we know it in the book of Acts where a young convert called Saul of, <coughs> of Tarsus. A young convert called Saul of Tarsus, he gets converted. And for a while, the disciples are doubting him. For a while, nobody is trusting him. Actually, immediately he got converted, he became blind. Just get blind by faith. Then I'll open it, if I be a prophet. Now, <laughs> the man was blind. And remember, he is a scholar. Remember, he is a foreign scholar. He has grown up in the modern day Turkey. And he gets converted in Syria. And he knows very well the Jesus who has appeared to him as his, as his headquarters in Jerusalem. He didn't take a visa to go to Jerusalem. He sat right there in Syria. And he waited to be told in Damascus what to do. But the problem with this instruction, this was the problem. The problem is that the person coming to pray for him, not just to get healed, but to commission him in his faith, does not even come from Jerusalem. He is a simple, humble, like we shared last time, disciple of the Lord. And he insisted, as a scholar and as an international traveler, I must go to Jerusalem, where this thing is really hot. He may not have gotten healed. Why? The Lord had a yoke. But this yoke was connected to the immediate people. So Saul of Tarsus goes to Syria in Damascus. He enters a, a, a street called Straight and he sits there for three days. And Ananias, the disciple of the Lord, comes. Now lay hands on him. And he lays hands on him. And he even calls him Brother Saul. The Lord Jesus, who appeared to you, also appeared to me. And he called me to lay hands on you to receive your sight. And his sight opened. Open your sight. Now this guy is a prophet. <laughs> Listen to me, people of God. The help you need is already locally arranged. The miracle you need is already locally arranged. The breakthrough you need is already locally arranged. Travel all you want. When you are done traveling, you will learn what it means to plow under the yoke of Jesus. There is no 
there is no Ananias in Jerusalem. Ananias is where the Lord Jesus has placed you. That is where you will find Ananias. In Acts chapter 13, we see Paul again. This time they are in a local church in the same Syria, in Antioch. And they are just in a small fellowship. I believe it was not more than 20 people. And the Bible says as they were fasting and praying, the Holy Spirit said, Set aside for me Saul and Barnabas for the work I have for them. Now, let me talk to you about Barnabas. Because we are going to pray about Barnabas. Barnabas was called a son of encouragement. Right? Now, if he's a son of encouragement, it means there was discouragement somewhere. If he was the son of consolation or encouragement, it means he was relevant to the extent that there was discouragement. However, it took being under the yoke, being under the plow for Saul to access Barnabas. Now allow me to tell you something. Allow me to tell you something. And please, open your heart. The Lord wants to change your life. Allow me to tell you this. That by the time this man is in need of Barnabas, it means there was a need that only Barnabas could fix. By the time you need the son of encouragement, it means you are discouraged. By the time you need a son of consolation, it means you are beyond repairs. And one problem that Saul of Tarsus had, number one, he needed healing for his blindness. Number two, he needed to be embraced by the apostles for your information. Not a passport or a visa, but Barnabas is the one who took this man from his hometown in Tarsus in Turkey to Jerusalem. The Bible says, and Barnabas went looking for Saul, and he found him in Tarsus. Then he took him and brought him to Jerusalem to the apostles. And there they gave him the right hand of fellowship. I know you have a CV. Listen to me. I know you have experience. I know you have what it takes. I know within your structures, within your training, you are ready to go. But the day like today, when you say, Lord, not my yoke but yours. Now, Lord, bring Barnabas. Barnabas will take you and he will bring you to the right place of fellowship. As I was waiting on the Lord, the Lord told me Barnabas was a prophet. He takes a prophet to see a former murderer who has a potential to be an apostle. It takes a prophet to be able to convince people the plan God has for a former mother in his kingdom. Barnabas does not come as a prophet. He comes as a friend. He comes as a brother. And when Paul gave him his hand and together they went to Jerusalem, the world was never the same after that. Plow under the yoke of Jesus. Jesus is not confused. He is not broke. He is not stranded. It is us who do not know how to follow structure. But Jesus already is called Emmanuel. He has his people. He has his people. And your duty is to say, Lord, help me to humble myself. And as your people come, even if they don't look so great, Allow me to embrace them. And as I embrace them, the miracle or the transformation you want to do in my life, Lord, do it. But allow me to tell you something, people. Sometimes it will take brokenness to bring you to the place where you need a Barnabas. It will take the Lord breaking you from that thing you think you know. It will take the Lord plucking you from that path you think you know. And you come to a place, Lord, if you don't lead me, I am stranded. Lord, if you don't speak to me, I will not move. 
Lord, if you don't favor me, I will not even smile. And in that moment of vulnerability, the Lord will always bring to you your Barnabas. The Bible says in um, the book of Exodus chapter 3, how God appears to Moses and he tells them, I have heard the cry of my people. Their cries have reached me. After the cry, there was Moses. Before the cry, there was no Moses. And you know, the problem with Christianity today is that the things of the Bible, the things that made sense during the biblical days, nowadays do not make sense. The days tears was the order of the day. The days were not considered safe till you have cried up to heaven. The days there was no Moses till you had cried. Why must you cry? Because it breaks you and it removes you from being in the lead and it brings you to secondary place so that the Lord can plow and you can follow him as he plows. I'm not a farmer. Neither is my father a farmer. My father is a politician. But one thing I know about farming, the little I know, is that the lead of them usually bears the greatest weight. The others just escort it. But there is the one who is always told, Hey! Come on! Go! And it is usually gained, if possible, snapped. Bah! Move! Move! Bah! And the rest are just escorting the big boy as the big boy is sweating. When the Lord is saying, take my oak, it does not mean take my punishment. It means take my lead. Let me lead as you go. The Lord was telling me as I was worshipping that there are those of you looking for direction. And this is one of the ways you will know the right place God wants for you. You will always find favor and ease. You will always find a, a movement. At least things may be moving slowly, but at least they are moving. You will always find peace. In short, you will always find the attributes of the person of Jesus. You may not know whether it is east or west, but the more you try, you find peace. That is thick. The more you try, you find favor. That is thick. The more you try, you find fellowship with the like-minded believers. That is a thick. But it will take you being broken for you to step apart, I mean, step behind and allow the Lord to lead from the front. The economy of God is not confused. The territory of God is not under attack. It is us who do not know how to take advantage of the territory of the Lord. And I remember one thing, what I read in um, Proverbs 23 verse 10, that says, do not remove the ancient boundaries of your fathers. Do not touch them. The fathers will put a boundary. The fathers in this place are those who have gone ahead of us. They will put a boundary. Then they will expect you to sit within that boundary. Help is not outside there. Help is right within where the Lord is commanding you, commanding you to plow. Connection is right there where the Lord is commanding you to plow. The prophetic direction is right there where the Lord commands you to plow. Third story, then I will combine the stories. I'll tell you why I'm combining those stories. I had an incident on Sunday after I'd preached. After I'd preached, one of you here, came and rebuked me. And I looked at this fellow, I told this fellow, pray for me, and I'll also give you an offering. After I'd given the, the money, I think after two days, the fellow was telling me, I think I need to invent another rebuke, because now I'm broke. 
So this fellow rebukes me and I go under and I tell this fellow, please pray for me. And the fellow asks me, why do I pray for you and you are the man of God, me just a member. I told this fellow, listen, when God brought me to this environment, he did not expect me to go outside for fellowship, for rebuke, for teaching, for prophecy. Before I knew you, I knew greater people than you, but I'm sorry, right now it is only you who is close to me. The ones who used to be great are not close, not because I kicked them in the face, but because the Lord arranged that at this time, this person and this person and this person should be around me. It is now my duty to bow to you, even if you don't bow to me. And I told this fellow, listen, there are critical people who are able to reach me, and they have no idea how critical it is for them to be able to reach me. They are critical people who are able to high-five me and hug me, and they think everybody out there hugs me and high-fives me. They forget that the Lord has put me under a plow. The Lord has put me under a yoke. And as I submit to that yoke, as I submit to that yoke, as I take advantage of that yoke, and that is something I'm begging you to open your heart and do this evening, as I submit and as I bow to that yoke, there is no day I should sleep angry. There is no day I should carry a disease. There is no day I should carry confusion. There is no day I should carry discouragement. In the yoke of Jesus you will find Barnabas. In the yoke of Jesus you will find Peter, James and John. Under the yoke of Jesus you will always find Timothy and Titus. The economy of God is never broke. It is us who steps out or who takes things for granted. So the fellow was done. True to the word of the fellow, on Thursday, another rebuke came up. This time round, the Lord told me, there is another member of the York I want you to call. So I called Mama Gadoni. I told Mama Gadoni, I need to see you urgently. We have a problem. You remember when you came to my house with Pastor Franco, yeah? And you prayed and you saw this thing, yeah? This fellow has seen it again. We need to pray. This thing is serious. And we met in Mama Gadoni's house. But before I went, I told Mama Gadoni, take one hour, call him and just give him tea so that he's strong for the prayer. And I didn't know the prayers would go until morning. So we met on Thursday. And as, we are, as I'm coming, this pastor was arguing with Mama Gadoni, how can I pray for an apostle? No, no, I'm not praying. No, no, no. It is him who has always prayed for me, prophesied to me, and uh, laid hands on me. Not me, not the other way around. And I told Mama Gadoni about what I'm telling you people, that you must sit under the yoke. There is a time to bow to those who look inferior or who think they are inferior. And there is a time for them also to bow and like that. And as you submit one to another, the Bible says you will pray for one another and you will be healed. So I arrived there and I entered the house. And the man of God began to shake. I told you, Pastor, do not shake. You are the one in charge tonight. And I have carried my offering. There is one I had carried in the car, another I had carried in my pocket. So I told him, open your boot. I took the offering there in his boot. And then after that, I now prepared my offering from my pocket. And I knelt down and he began to pray. As he's praying, the power of God came down. And I was hit by the power of God. He was hit by the power of God. Everybody in the room was hit by the power of God. One of us was actually sick. The voice was blocked. They could not speak. In that moment, without saying, Lord, heal them, they got in. Why was this happening? There was a leader called Jesus 
in the front. And there were people connecting to him, according to John 15. Abide in me and I in you. As we are connecting to the head who is Jesus, there was a massive visitation. And after the meeting, the pastor remembered, Oh my God, I had a dream this morning that I was, lay, I was holding the hand of a young man and I was praying for this and this to happen. And after that I had, it is done. It is done. So when I was praying and finally I felt it is done, the Lord reminded me of the dream. Remember my people, do you think I don't know powerful men or powerful prophets? It is not about power. It is about the order of God. It is not about popularity. It is about the discernment of God. If Paul had gone to Peter for his eyes to see, I assure you, he could have remained blind. It is not about the, uh, it is not about the title of the fellow. It is about as the fellow being allowed to gather around you, as God prompted you to submit to him or her. Good. Do not delay the submission. So it is time for my life to be turned around. And God chooses a man who is shaking as he's praying, feeling unworthy. And that is the person God decides to use for my deliverance. And later on I was telling Mama Gadoni, you know and I know that I know better men. But in that moment the economy was saying, the Lord is Jesus followed by this man. Followed by this other man who is in need. And not the other way around. Another story. So that you can understand this thing. I met a lady. Who was so stranded. She was having depression by the time I met her. And the husband was stuck in his business. He's a very great uh, professional. But he was stranded. And the more I'm praying for them. Ministering them. Praying for them. Prophesying to them. The more nothing was happening. Then one day had a vision of them being called in front of a local simple church. And the pastor began to rebuke the man and also to rebuke the woman. The woman was so proud, she walked out and she went. The man stayed behind and even wrote a letter of gratitude for the rebuke. And the Lord told me, I had called them to this fellowship. This is where I had placed their help. Not with you, not with your friends whom you have brought to prophesy and pray. With this humble fellowship. This is where I'd place their hands. Tell them to go back. Though they want to go back because of their pride. And of course they didn't go back. After one year, the marriage collapsed. After another one year, the lady walked out of faith. Why? The currency of God is only going to work where his son is the head. It will not work where other people or other ideas is the head. The currency of God to sustain you, the grace of God to sustain you, the mercy of God to sustain you, will only operate where God has commanded you. Sit there. On a personal note, it goes without saying, before I came here, I was somewhere else. And before I was somewhere else, somewhere else there was more power, there was more fame, there was more anointing, and name it, and I will tell you, I had it. Then the Lord said, come sit down there. Sit down. And when they are saying, you know I'm Kono, you also you know I'm Kono. When they say, say high five to your neighbor, you also say high five. When they say, make this your church, you also say, make this your church. 
And friends of mine heard what I was doing and they said, Man, what is wrong with you? And the mom checking Mark, the mother Lord is telling me, That is where I am for this period. You walk out, you are done. And every day, I have to walk in, sit down, and submit to the yoke. And any time I'm tempted, otherwise I have to remember, the currency will only work where the yoke is. One time I think I, I went to, I went to DRC, and had thousands of Kenya shillings, so I was like, give me the, give me the food. And they were like, you have a Meaning, where have you removed that money? Apart to not franca, amadola, ya America. And with my thousand shillings, I was irrelevant because I was outside my territory. People of God, listen to me. God is not about to import prophets for you. He expects you to make use of the ones He has already released in your territory. God is not about to import evangelists for you. He wants you to utilize the ones in your territory. God is not about to import intercessors for you. He wants you to utilize the ones around you. I know some of you write prayer requests to see CPN and all these 700 club places, which is not bad. I know some of you partner with whoever you feel is more powerful. That is according to your faith. But this Bible tells me, abide in me and I in you. Submit one to another. Not one to somebody away there. One to another. The immediate fellow. You have to submit to them. As I finish, so that you can pray. I want to set you free. So that uh, you can enjoy your life. And this is what I want to tell you. Outside Jesus, we have what we call people. Somebody say people. But within the circles of Jesus, we have what we call souls. Somebody say souls. In Exodus chapter 1 verse 5, the Bible says, The souls that entered into the womb of Egypt were seventy in all. Then around Acts chapter, I mean the Exodus now chapter 13 going forward, the Bible says, And the people who left Egypt were 600,000 men besides women and children. Souls entered Egypt. People left Egypt. If you are the MP of the souls, you look like a loser because you have only 70 followers. 70 votes. And if you are the congressman or the governor of the people who are 600,000, you look very famous. The only problem with the people, ask Moses. For 40 years, Moses cried this tear when it was dry. He cried this one when it was dry. He cried this one for 40 years because he was leading people. Jacob moved smoothly from Canaan choo, 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 to Egypt within weeks. The old man was already in town. Moses with the people. <laughs> and I want to rub it. Moses with the people. 40 years. 
And Jacob was not as prophetic as Moses. He did not have a burning bush experience. He did not have a rod like Moses. But because he was yoked with salt, it took him weeks to be in Egypt. But Moses, because he was yoked with the people, it took him 40 years. Am I speaking to somebody? An international gathering gathered in Jerusalem in Acts chapter 2. The Bible says all nations from under heaven were that day in Jerusalem. And the Bible says the nations were from Libya and Egypt and Syria. And you know, modern day Iraq sent its delegates. There were people from all the nations of the world. Chapter 4 verse 4 says the souls who believed were 3,000. <laughs> the people were from all the nations but the souls were only 3,000. And Peter had an option. Does he go and lead the nations? Mm-hmm. Or does he go and lead the souls? He led the souls and there was no politics. And he decided, now that the, I have the microphone, <laughs> and Libyans are listening, eh? Syrians are listening, <laughs> Egyptians are listening, and man, I have the show. One celebrity was telling me, eh? my brother, Niliwasha, show Mewasha, meaning the thing was on fire. So, Peter has the crowd of nations. And he has to make a decision as an apostle. He has to decide, do I walk with the nations or do I walk with the souls? Souls were only 3,000. The people would have been 3 million. Who knows? I fear being with the people. I'd rather be with the souls. Because people are for politicians. Souls are for ministers. When I was driving coming and the Lord appeared to me was telling me my son. And I saw a vision of dirty refugees stranded and shaking in a foreign land. And the Lord said, look at this man, what he's about to do. Then I looked and the man called those few refugees with their tattering and shattering of bones and shaking and he said come I want you to prepare to minister to me come 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 and the refugees came one of those refugees was called Daniel as a king as an emperor the whole world is bowing to you and you need officials to advise you officials to speak over your life and you go and grab little refugees who are teenagers what kind of wisdom is that Yes, that is what made Nebuchadnezzar great. That is why his name is in the Bible. Without those two, I mean three little refugees, he was not going to be there in the Bible. And one time I was telling a lady who was a high flyer, I told her, my sister, do not go for what is flamboyant. Do not go for what is exciting. Go for the little refugee looking things like Daniel. You will have a future. He didn't, she didn't listen to me. I told her, it is better to hang out with the refugees who have a future in God than to hang out with the magicians and the royalties and the physicians who are attending to the king and the status. Because in the day Nebuchadnezzar had a dream, the learned officials could not help him. The refugees 
were the ones who could help him. The learned officials, I can call them people. The refugees, I can call souls. Plowing under Jesus means you love to go. Let go of politics. Stick to what God honors. We all know the story in 2 Kings chapter 5, the story of Naaman. How he is a mighty general and is respected. He has won so many battles for the king. And the Bible says in his house, when he was a leper, there was a little slave girl. This was a soul. The cabinet members who used to hang around him as a general were people. The business associates who used to run his empire or his business interests were people. Mama, do you know I fear the Lord? Because outside him, I am done. If he does not provide for me a Barnabas, I may succumb to discouragement. If he does not su- supply to me Joshua and Caleb, I may not reach Canaan. What does it take to reach Canaan? Not 300, no, 600,000 men, two souls with a different spirit are the only ones who reach Canaan. The rest perished. One time I went bragging to a prophet. I've always told you this story. How I was connected to this great man. and I was having access now to this great man. And he told me, shut up. Close your mouth. Don't utter another word. You are annoying me. He told me, brag about kingdom people. Not great people. Brag about people with the aspect of Jesus. Not people with a flamboyance. Because when it is all said and done. None of them will stomach your weaknesses and your mess. Only the people with the heart of Jesus will stomach you. The Lord is trying to set some of you free from unnecessary memberships in unnecessary clubs, from unnecessary schedules. Which makes me go back to my first story of John Ehrlichman. Ehrlichman is a simple lawyer serving in a simple church as a Sunday school teacher. Now, between Sunday school and White House, which one is the greater place to the world? The White House. But in the White House, there is a marriage breakup waiting to happen. Hello? In the White House, there is a career that is planning to happen. In the White House, there is gentleman waiting for this man. And he went with the people, and he forgot the little souls, which was the Sunday school children. when Richard Nixon the president was impeached was almost impeached and Watergate was flying in the air John Ellickman was thrown under the bus and told take the blame and that was the end of his life I know some of you are being told it is foolish to come for evening meetings it is too much to attend to services and all this. I tell you the truth. Better hang out with the souls than hang out with the people. <laughs> Better hang out with the souls. Tomorrow there will be a dream that will crack the head of Nebuchadnezzar and thank God that there will be a soul called Daniel to hold him together. Tomorrow there will be a leprosy that will strike Naaman. And thank God there will be a soul called a slave girl hanging out with him there in his house who will direct him to Elisha. The greatest miracles 
are not in the foreign lands. They are right where Jesus is. Not where you are, where Jesus is. Your job is to discern where Jesus is and say, Lord, I submit to the yoke. I will not step away from the yoke. In every local church, there is a man with the gift of healing. In every local church, there is a man with the gift of prophecy. In every local church, there is a man with the gift of wisdom. In every local church, there is a man with the gift of administration to guide you, to structure you. Your job is to ask God, where is this man? Where is this child? We have people here with tremendous grace and anointing, but they have no customers because the people who should be their customers are busy importing Chinese goods. <laughs> they are busy waiting to board the plane, go to this other place. I had tremendous prophetic friends. Mama, you met one of them when you went to the U.S like my best friend. Then the Lord told me, slow down. The people around you, I will make some to be apostles for you, <laughs> some to be prophets, some to be your teachers. Don't grow your head. Some to be your evangelists to put you on fire. Some to be your pastor. And as you submit, I will lift you up. If you play around, you will stagnate. And I'm like, Lord, let me go to Skype and get it done. The Lord tells me, wait till your team is ready. That problem will have to wait. And as I begin to honor the people around me, submit to the people around me, the Lord has never been happier like he's now happy. Things are turning around at a speed I have no idea. There are people God brought you away just to direct you in prayer. Submit yourself. There are people God brought you away just to help you in the teaching and the structure of the word. Submit yourself. There are people God brought you away just to lay hands and tell you, go deep yourself seven times. Just submit yourself. And dare God if his economy will fail. I wish this was our old church where we could all do repentance by going to one another and saying, Brother, I have never cared even to know your name. Though you smile at me every day. Sister, I'm sorry. You've never laid hands on me. I'm always waiting for the apostle to lay hands on me. Brother, I'm sorry. You've never given me a dream you had about me. Though I hear you dream. And the Bible says, Submit one to another and then pray for each other. Then you'll be here. There is a sickness that comes from family misrelations. Relationship misrelations. Where you are taking relationship for granted. And as you begin to take advantage of these relationships, the Lord begins to move for you. The Lord begins to touch you. His name is still Emmanuel. But Emmanuel means God with us. Not God with them. God with us. So, the ministry is going to be different today. 
did you hear that kabogo uh, when i was a young boy kabogo had a party called sisi kwa sisi you remember it and they do just went to parliament with sisi kwa sisi and those days kabogo was bragabocious whatever they call it you could chew gum throughout so today it is sisi kwa sisi not nak sisi kwa some of you are not born by then <laughs> two or two, 2002 there was nak rainbow the whole nation is rainbow and kabogo stood there with his sisi kwa sisi <laughs> so today there is no more rainbow it is sisi We are going to pray for one another. We are going to accept one another in our graces. We are going to honor one another. And it's not going to be a practice just for now. It is going to be a, a culture we are going to walk in from this day forward. Holy Spirit, thank you. The Holy Spirit is reminding me, some of you, you broke or damaged critical relationships that were meant to keep you under the yoke. Maybe there was a, a little fellowship in the neighborhood or former associates of yours you could meet once in a while to pray and you felt now that I'm too busy oh, the prayers can handle themselves. You need to repent and where you can you need to reach out. You need to keep reaching out and saying sister or brother or my fellow brothers can we meet and pray? Can we meet and break bread? Can we meet and pray for one another? The early church was not a mega church, but it was a unified, you know, uh, submissive church. Actually, it used to meet in people's sitting rooms. Those days, nobody could take things for granted. By the time an apostle is arriving in one of those fellowships, the people are already knit together, waiting to tap from whatever the apostle has. It is people to organize themselves, not the other way around. Not the leader to organize the people. It is people to organize themselves. Why? The leader is already Jesus. And as long as they are connected to him, there will always be unity. We are going to pray for one another. But it is not, it is not going to be random. I want you to follow your heart. Like I followed my heart on Thursday. I was in deep trouble, I tell you. It reached a point I could not drive. My head was paining. Depression was almost setting in. Things were sick. And I wanted to park the car and just breathe. Then a voice told me, look for Pastor Swanson. A humble man of God. He's come here once. Just look for him. Call Gadoni and the three of them together with his wife. Let them pray for you. And as I knelt on that table and I wept and my tears went down, the power came. I want you to be prompted. Don't go very far. Just be prompted by the fellow you feel has never prayed for you but can pray for you. The fellow you feel has never maybe told you a word but he should tell you a word. Let this fellow minister to you. And after that, if you feel also you want to minister to them, even by saying, May the Lord bless you, my sister, my brother, do it to honor God. Are we ready? Give us some music as we begin. Sisi was And if you have no one, just say, Holy Spirit, here I am.
People are just looking at me. Boy, where is my whip? My father's house has become a den of onlookers. <laughs> I want you to grab somebody, wherever. Take time, check your heart. Ah, this fellow, I feel he can pray for me. And you who has been sitting on your gift of prophecy or healing or word of knowledge or word of wisdom or even a dream, take time and use it. And who knows? That thing you wanted to take a visa for is right, right where it ought to be. Right, right where it ought to be. Pray for one another. Love on one another. Submit one to another. And see what the Lord will do. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Some of these people may not be here, but you need to reach out to them. Book an appointment. Say, hey, my dear brother, my dear sister, it's long since we did business. We need to do business. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Who knows that word you are hiding, you are sitting on, is what the fellow is looking for, to go to the next season of their lives. Tonight, do business. Do business. Thank you, Holy Spirit. <laughs>